I'm sports attorney Luke Fedlam, and welcome to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Each conversation, we focus on sharing information and having conversations around how athletes can best educate and protect themselves or their life outside of their sports. Thanks for joining the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Luke Fedlam, and I'm excited to get right into the topic of the day, which is name, image, and likeness. Now, for those of you who know me, you know I like talking about name, image, and likeness. I mean, truly, it's about to be the biggest, you know, reforms to the rules of college athletics that we've seen in 70 years. Um, And it really is going to impact the landscape of college sports in the way that we have known college sports and the rights and the opportunities of student athletes. So what a better podcast to discuss this topic on than protecting your possibilities. I mean, we are focused on protecting the possibilities of athletes. And so it's important that we have a good understanding and conversation around name, image, and likeness. So just to level set and, and get everybody up to speed on, on where things are at, as of right now, rules and, and draft legislation is being proposed that will be voted on by the Board of Governors of the NCAA in January. Interestingly, this week, Sports Illustrated came out with an article having obtained a, a document that details some of the changes to this NCAA legislation based on name, image, and likeness. And so I think it's just important to address what we've seen in some of this proposed legislation. Now, for the most part, if you've been following the progression of these discussions, there really isn't anything that's that different than what we've already heard about. We know that the working group for the NCAA had put forward proposed changes along with guardrails to try and protect athletes and institutions. What we're seeing now really isn't that different than what we've heard about this far. So as expected, this you know name, image, and likeness legislation is going to allow for student athletes to be able to be compensated based on the licensing of their name, image, and likeness, but also, and I think more broadly, the ability to get compensated for participating in camps and clinics, uh, to be able to promote their own camps and clinics. Again, as long as they're not using the school's marks, the school's trademarks that they license out, they're going to be able to be compensated as they have their own business or set up their own business entity. They're going to be able to do the traditional endorsement opportunities and marketing opportunities, uh, and they'll also be able to promote, you know, nonprofit uh, organizations and promote fundraising online. Now, during these COVID times, we've actually seen the NCAA comment on that piece when Trevor Lawrence from Clemson went online and created a GoFundMe to help support families who were impacted by COVID-19, and Clemson initially talked about shutting it down, believing that it was a violation of NCAA rules. And the NCAA came out and said that that was in these exceptional times that that was authorized, which I think kind of tipped their hat a little bit to knowing that these rule changes were on the horizon. So let's be clear in this conversation, which is the rules haven't changed yet. And I do get calls from players and from families asking about these rule changes and and if they're in effect so that, you know, whether they can go out and comp- get compensated and commercialize their name, image, and likeness. And, and I want to be perfectly clear, these rules have not changed yet. They're expected to go to be voted on in January and then ultimately to go into effect 
Most likely in June of 2021. Um, they say before the next academic year, the 2021-2022 academic year. But we do know Florida, their state law is scheduled to go into effect in July, July 1st of 2021. And so therefore, we could imagine that the NCAA rules are going to go into effect prior to that. So it's important to understand, ultimately, when we think about this idea of protecting athletes, how are these athletes going to be protected through all of this? Now, there's conversation and there's been conversation in the media about a third party administrator that would oversee this process for the NCAA. So that's one way in which athletes should be protected. And, and there's discussion even in this Sports Illustrated article that discusses you know, the idea that agents or advisors will be able to be used by the players, but only in the promotion of their name, image, and likeness to help them negotiate contracts, etc. Now, the NCAA, interestingly enough, has experience with this, right? So they have experience with, on the basketball side, allowing for agents to be certified to work with college players who maybe want to test the waters. And as long as they follow certain guidelines, those players can then return back to college having not lost their eligibility. So this idea of overseeing agents and the agent kind of certification process is not new to the NCAA. So you could imagine then this notion of allowing for agents to be involved and engaged in this name, image, and likeness process isn't something that would be, would be new and, and something that would, would make sense that the NCAA would oversee. Obviously, um, as has been discussed, with the assistance of a third-party administrator. Now, what's interesting about this then is when we think about protecting possibilities, we think about protecting athletes, to me, and and you all know where my heart is, it's education. And education has, has to be part of this entire process. So when we think about an athlete, you know, deciding to take on a name, image, and likeness opportunity next year when these rules go into effect, the best way to protect these athletes is to help them understand what it is that they're getting into, what it is that they're signing, what it is that they're agreeing to do and agreeing to participate in. And a lot of you have heard me use this phrase, DDMC. You've heard Courtney Altimus uh, from Team Altimus was on uh, one of our prior podcasts, and we talked about due diligence. And and together, you know, Team Altimus, Anomaly Sports Group have come up with this phrase, of DDMC, right? Due diligence, decision-making, money, and contracts. And those are areas that athletes really need to learn more when you could imagine this name, image, and likeness uh, coming into effect. But when you think about this, what an athlete is deciding to do is to license, right? So give use of their name, their image, and their likeness. And so there has to be conversation around what does that actually mean? And what is it that you're giving up? And and, and how can you move forward in a way that provides the best protections for you as an athlete? So let's think about this for a second. So when I think about education, the education has to focus around first and foremost, and I share this every day with the clients I work with, before you sign anything, you have to understand what it is that you're signing. Before you sign anything, you have to understand what it is that you're signing. Now, I know and I've, I've had people reach out to me who listen to this podcast, and I know it's not all people who are either athletes or work with athletes, but there are entertainers and performers and entrepreneurs and others uh, who listen to this podcast. So, so for all of you who are listening to this episode, know that I'm speaking to you as well. 
before you sign anything, you have to understand what it is that you're signing and not just the highlights. You have to understand the nitty gritty, the quote unquote fine print. And this is where obviously it sounds self-serving, but this is where people like myself, independent and objective lawyers can come into play. Because ultimately, listen, I share with my clients all the time that I don't have a vested interest in what it is that you sign. I have a vested interest in you being protected and that you making informed decisions. So when an athlete comes to me with a particular opportunity that they're interested in, I'm not looking at it from the perspective of, hey, does this, you know, does this look good or does this sound like, you know, something worthwhile? I look at it from you need to understand what all of this says and the impact that it has on your life and your business and what it is that you're trying to achieve. And as you understand that, now we can talk about the risks that are associated with it. We can talk about how will you be protected through this agreement? And if not, how can we negotiate some protections in there to help make sure that this is something that is worthwhile for you. So in this name, image, and likeness environment, that's something that's going to have to be understood is this idea of the contracts that an athlete is going to be signing. So pretty much we know that there are two types of contracts that are generally general buckets that these athletes are going to sign. One is going to be the agents or the advisors that they may work with, the other is going to be the types of deals that they're doing. So, so again, education around what these contracts say, what they mean, how long they last, what's required of the athlete, what the services are that that advisor may be providing, all of that needs to be understood. So when I read any article about these changes to name, image, and likeness, I get it. I know that the dollar amount of opportunities is what drives a lot of the conversation. But I am beating my drum as loud as I can around the importance of education when it comes to name, image, and likeness opportunities. Now, I see it at the professional level. When athletes are transitioning from college to the pros, we review endorsement deals, marketing opportunities, marketing agent agreements all the time. And we know that these are the first time that athletes are seeing these types of deals is when they're making this transition into the professional ranks. So now imagine that that gets moved up three, four, potentially five years for athletes now when they're first coming into college and now they're being asked to sign agreements, right? There has to be some education that exists, both for the player, but also other stakeholders for the families as well. You know, oftentimes athletes turn to their families for support and guidance. And this may be the first time that athletes see endorsement deals or understand marketing agreements. You know, oftentimes they don't understand that in a marketing agent agreement, you want to have as much flexibility as possible when it comes to termination. You want to be able to terminate that contract with as much kind of freedom and flexibility of movement as possible, because if that agent isn't doing what you want them to do, or for whatever reason, there just isn't a a meeting of the minds, if you will, and there's tension in the relationship over time, you want to be able to have that flexibility to get out of that agreement. And so... It's those kind of tips and that kind of real-world understanding that is critical that has to come with name, image, and likeness. Now, the other piece, and I could talk about that for hours, um, but I've talked about that a little bit before in past episodes, so feel free to go back and and check those out. But I want to also talk about this other aspect of federal legislation. 
So we know that the federal government is getting involved in name, image, and likeness in some form or fashion, and and for really a couple different reasons and from a couple different perspectives. So on the one hand, you have legislators who are looking at the rights of these athletes and what this name, image, and likeness model could look like from a federal level. And there have been, you know, uh, Representative Gonzalez uh, from Ohio, other Congress people uh, from across the country have come together and and looked at some, you know, more recent legislation at, at putting out ways in which the federal government can be involved from the perspective of creating, you know, fairness and equity in this type of name, image and likeness model. Uh, there have been a group of senators that have gotten together and talked about an athlete bill of rights. Um, that conversation is being led by Senator Cory Booker, who was also a former student athlete and just like Representative Gonzalez. And so they're looking at it from the perspective of ensuring that athletes' rights exist in this in this name, image, and likeness model. But there's also another aspect of, of how the federal government's getting involved, and that is because the NCAA themselves have gone to Congress as they look for some protections and safe harbor from potential lawsuits of people, of student athletes and others looking at these, you know, what the model could be as it relates to different states having different rules and the feder- and the NCAA trying to come in to create an overall standard for name, image, and likeness. They're going to want protections from lawsuits uh, and safe harbor around what that looks like and preemption over state laws. And so this conversation at the federal level is happening. And to be honest, no matter what the NCAA comes out with with their rules, the federal government could take over name, image, and likeness legislation, come out with their own plan, um, and that could obviously take over or preempt whatever the NCAA's legislation is. Now, we also know that both the NCAA as well as the federal government is dealing with, obviously, a once-in-a-lifetime or once-in-a-generation pandemic. They're dealing with an election year um, that's about three weeks away and, you know, I don't I don't get into politics on uh, this podcast, but I will say one point, you got to get out and vote, you know, regardless of, of how you're voting and who you're voting for. You know, voting is the hallmark of a democracy and the ability for people to have a say in those who govern them. And I encourage you to get out and cast your vote. OK, that being said, Congress is dealing with an election year. They're dealing with COVID-19. The NCAA is dealing with that as well. Also dealing with gambling is on the horizon. We're looking at dealing with racial inequities across the country that are affecting um, student athletes, athletic administrators, athletic departments, et cetera, communities. So there is a lot. There is a lot that's going on right now. But nevertheless, name, image, and likeness based on state law that have gone into effect or that are scheduled to go into effect here in the near future um, is really forcing the NCAA to come out with their rules. So we know these rules are going to be coming. We also know that the federal government could potentially change or impact what those rules look like. But for now, we do know that the rules will include the opportunity for athletes to be compensated for the use of their name, image, and likeness. For them to be able to promote a product or service either for a third party, a third party company or brand, or for themselves. 
We know that athletes will be able to be involved with camps and clinics and being able to be compensated for that, being able to do autograph signings and autograph sessions within certain parameters, and that athletes will be able to promote a business that maybe is completely unrelated to their sport that they've done themselves. Maybe they have a social media channel, a YouTube channel where they do and provide certain content and they can be compensated by advertisers and others for that content. And as as you think about cases that we've heard about and restrictions that have existed, these really are monumental changes to the college landscape than what we've seen in the past. And that's why I really just stay steadfast in my belief that education in this space is critical. Understanding this space will be critical. So athletes who are student athletes at the college level, they're going to have to understand what this looks like from a business perspective. They're going to have to think about this from an entrepreneurial perspective. They're going to have to think about whether what does the time management look like for them to potentially do opportunities and seek out opportunities or to focus more on their performance in their sport and their performance in the classroom and determine whether that can then you know set them up in the future. But one of the things also that, that people aren't talking about um, as, we, as we begin to wrap up this conversation is One of the things that's missing, I think, a lot of times is the opportunity that name, image, and likeness can have on a student-athlete's plans for the future. So we all know that most student-athletes are not going to play professional sports when they're done playing uh, at the college level. What we do know is that they'll go into either graduate school when they are done with undergrad, or they'll go and seek out employment in the quote-unquote real world after college. And the opportunities that name, image, and likeness can present as athletes plan for their future, it's great. And I think that's missing from this conversation quite a bit, right? And it's this idea that maybe there will be opportunities for an athlete to do some form of name, image, and likeness endorsement or marketing opportunity with a company or an organization where in the town or the city where they are going to college or potentially in their hometown. And in doing that, there's an opportunity for them to begin to network and use their networking skills to build relationships where maybe they want to shadow someone who is the marketing officer for that particular company who's bringing them in to do something. So maybe they want to, you know, shadow that person. Maybe they can talk to that company about getting an internship, right? Being able to have that ability to plan for their future and even see what it is that they like and maybe don't like as it relates to future employment opportunities. There's also the aspect of thinking about this from an academic perspective. When you think about name, image, and likeness, and all that I've talked about around learning in this space, so there's practical learning, and that's what I bring to the table, um, and others like me who can talk to families and talk to players about the the practical real-world side of contracts and managing money and, and making decisions and doing due diligence on advisors. All right, so there's that aspect, but then there's also the more academic aspect. So if I were a student athlete, if I were to go back, you know, 20 years, ay, 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 and start to think about what it would look like in terms of name, image, and likeness as a student athlete, you know, you'd want to think about what classes could I take that could help me be more impactful with 
potentially having opportunities present themselves. So I'd want to think about digital storytelling or thinking about social media branding and influencing, taking classes on entrepreneurship, understanding you know digital marketing. So there are so many academic classes that maybe athletes didn't think much about previously, but now going into a name, image, and likeness environment should absolutely think about because now they can start to get that academic education and understanding that they can apply to themselves, that they can help their teammates with, and that maybe would lend itself to a potential career when they're done playing. So again, we've unpacked a lot today. There is a lot even more to discuss, but I wanted to just shed some light on some recent conversations that have come out based on name, image, and likeness. We should have a better sense even before January of what these proposed kind of final rules will look like. They'll get voted on in January, and we know that at that point, it will be truly a rush to educate athletes on what this new model, what this new name, image, and likeness environment is going to look like and how best to protect themselves. And you can guarantee that along the way, Protecting Your Possibilities podcast will spend time looking into what these new rules are, what they mean, and how athletes can best protect themselves. So if you like this podcast, if you're enjoying this content, please do feel free to, to leave a, a comment in the comments section, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you know, provide a rating for us. Five stars would be great. Share it with, with friends, colleagues, coworkers, other athletes, because we want to just get this message out. And if you have topics that you'd like to discuss, you can reach out to me on social media at Luke Fedlam. Uh, you can send me an email. Um, all my information is available online. Uh, but again, thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to talking again real soon. Have a great day. Porter Wright, Morrison Arthur, LLP, offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. The content of this publication is not intended as legal advice for any purpose, and you should not consider it as such. It does not necessarily reflect the views of the firm as to any particular matter or those of its clients. Please consult an attorney for specific advice regarding your particular situation.